Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow us on YouTube as well. A safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Brought to you by Section Five. If you love spring games and hate three hours of direct sunlight, this is the place for you, fellas. Spring games wrapped up. Spring ball's over, and now we have. A little under five months until we get to watch any football again. How do we feel, David? I know you've got a hell of a sunburn from the baseball tee you were wearing on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I've never had a three quarters sunburn before. I don't know if you can you can see it. Oh no, you can't see it Not at all. Much. Disregard. But um, yeah, I am hurting today. Um, first time. These legs have seen the sun in about six months. So um, we paid dearly for enjoying some good old-fashioned spring football. Yeah, I, I think I, I was a little hungover. A little. Uh, a little? A, yeah, that might be underselling it. Got into the stadium pretty much near the end of the first quarter, sat in the sun for the remainder of the first half, and then watched the game on the TVs inside the stadium in the shade uh you know we're we're still in spring spring mode uh we're not ready to go we haven't gone through camp and we've got a long time but we've got to get better by september i don't i don't think coach narduzzi would have been too happy with my performance on saturday no not at all but you know who was in mid-season form the panther club they they hooked the boys up with that uh, that tailgate event right in front of the stadium, and there was an insane spread. And I got the chance to talk to Pat Bostic beforehand, and he remembers us. And, uh, <laughs> and he said they might do it before games, and I would love that because there was burgers, dogs, chicken tenders, and all of the necessary accoutrements to make um, tater tot nacho supreme. So... If I could have a whole plate of tachos, I think is the proper term, um, before every pit game, I think I think that would really enhance my in-game experience. So shout out to them for putting on a party, and honestly, shout out to everyone that showed up. This was this was the most uh, rockin' pit spring game I've ever attended. I know you guys didn't get to get there until uh, a little bit later, but the pregame festivities were great, and there was a big crowd. You know, last year the weather sucked. It literally hailed. Uh, this year I arrived a little bit late, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances. As I was arriving, there was uh, herds of people already leaving the game for many reasons. You can come up with your own conclusions. Uh, but just seeing football was awesome. Uh, quickly got sunburned, but watching Narduzzi call seven straight run plays, including a fullback dive on third and four, just put a smile on my face. Yeah, spring games kind of suck. Terrible. When it comes down to it, they kind of suck. I was, my heart was warm by seeing all the people on the North Shore rocking their blue and gold. That was awesome. I was like walking the same, smiling. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this. And then I remembered we've got four and a half months until we get a real one of these. So it's just such a tease and just not not great football, if we're going to be completely honest. But, you know, we're not going to bitch about football on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. No. That, it always that's what leaves we're you right wanting now. more. You're so excited. You know it's not going to be great quality football. 
and you're always let down because the players that you wanted to shine don't get opportunities to shine. Like it would be sweet if they let Dracovic air it out a lot, a little bit more creativity, but that's just not going to happen. That's the way spring football is. But there were a few bright spots. Yeah. Yeah, let's touch on it. I mean, a, few, a couple thoughts, observations. I don't know where we want to get started here. Uh, David, why don't you kick us off? I, I feel like you got to start with the quarterback room um, just because that's that's going to be the headline, obviously. For, I mean, one, any program that is replacing their starting quarterback and brought in multiple transfers. Um, but two, I've just seen it get a lot of play on on Twitter and and in you know the news, um, comparing the two quarterbacks that kind of took the spotlight, and that was Phil Dracovic, Christian Vayer. Um and man, I I have some opinions, but I I don't know if I'm ready to allow myself to go down this road. Yeah, we, all we know, know what you're you, thinking. You want to start Vayer? I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Uh, one quarterback I thought looked really crisp, um, and the other is going to start anyway. Do you? No, I mean, think- obviously, obviously, you don't get to see the full breadth of what Phil Dracovic has to offer when he can't scramble, when he's not running, when the playbook is limited. Um, but his, I'm going to say something terrible, and I, I hope. The, the Lord strikes me down with a bolt of lightning before I can get this off. But the way he throws reminds me of Slovis and it's starting to worry me. Big looping over the top, long delivery, and, and the ball just doesn't look like it has a lot of velocity on it. But again, since he is a, a athlete that can move and uh, has basic pocket awareness, I know he's going to be better. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, Seeing that motion is a trigger now because Slovis was such dog shit. Thanks for getting that off your chest. Thank you. Do you feel better? No, no, I feel way worse. I think everyone listening feels worse. I think the planet is worse for me having spoken that into existence. Needed to be said, but you're going to be wrong. He'll be amazing. I'm sure of it. I think, I think some of what we heard is he's that this offense is being shifted towards using the quarterback to run a little more um, using Dracovic and those read options, quarterback keeper situations. Obviously that's not going to be displayed in the spring game, probably not much at all in spring ball, but it feels an athlete. We've seen that before hell of an athlete in high school, hell of a Hooper at, mm-hmm. at Pine Richland high school. Um, he's got some wheels. He's a bigger guy, six, five, probably about two thirty. I don't know. He's looking a little hefty on Saturday, maybe two forty. Um, but I, I think, you know, last go go around with this thing, not holding anything back. We're going to see some, some Phil just maybe powers up the middle. I'm excited to see Phil's legs in action. And like we said, we, we didn't get to see too much on Saturday, but I, I'm not pressing the panic button. No, I, not at I don't all. I think you can get absolutely anything from spring ball it, or spring games in general. Um, it's we do this every year, but if if spring game was an indicator of anything, Daniel Carter would have ran for twenty touchdowns last year instead of Izzy. So, uh, speaking of which, Daniel Carter, of course, got his obligatory spring game touchdown. He's just the perfect spring game football player because uh, Narduzzi can just keep feeding him the football, knowing that I don't think you could injure Dan Carter with a sledgehammer or like a hacksaw. 
Like he's indestructible and you just let him soak up reps and his to teammates, keep the other guys healthy. His teammates are just like sick of having to tackle him. They're just like, I really don't want to have to deal with this on the end of spring ball. I want to get out of this healthy. Well, remember Haba's effort trying to tackle him last year? Yeah, it was like, okay, exactly. Tag. <laughs> I'm getting out of this healthy. So you got to get the reps in. Might as well let him get eaten up by a guy who is pretty indestructible. Knock on wood. Yeah. So was there any guys for you on Saturday that you came away feeling more excited about, or maybe someone who wasn't completely on your radar, or even if they were, got you got your hopes up a little more for them moving forward? I will say my hopes were already up before the game, and this kind of solidified it. Javon McIntyre is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I try not to do the thing where if a player plays well in like the last one, two, or three games of the year, I don't buy all their stock because who knows why they didn't play before that. Or maybe uh, it's recency bias. Maybe they sucked throughout the year, but it's like, oh, they turned the corner. Maybe they got lucky. It, try not to buy too much into the end-of-the-year stuff. McIntyre looked at the end of the year last year, and he made some impressive plays, quick tackles. He's a hitter. Really good at uh, diagnosing what is happening. So I was a little bit worried about the safety position. Feel pretty comfortable with it now that McIntyre's like locked in as one of those guys. Well, I'll say about the safeties. Pitt's had a really good run at safeties here. You know, we've had yeah. Jamar Hamlin, Paris Ford, Eric Hallett, Brandon Hill. Now there's this new generation of safeties being shuffled in. You said McIntyre, uh, PJ O'Brien. I believe he's now Philip O'Brien. He would like to go by moving forward is what we're we're informed. That's mature decision making right there. <laughs> Yeah, he had a pick six on uh, on Diefenbach. Diefenbach came in th- directly to him. He had a pick six. Uh, and then the other guys, Donovan Millen coming in from Florida, and then Stephon Hall from Central Valley, a uh, whippy old guy. He, when I sat down and the first time I saw him come out on defense, I was like, oh, my God, he's huge. He's just a specimen in the defensive backfield. Like, you could line him up at outside linebacker, and mm-hmm. you, wouldn't bl- you wouldn't blink because – He's just a specimen. So I think there's a chance for that group to be really good again. Obviously, there's a learning curve, and those safety spots are usually considered pretty tough spots to play in this defense. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that defensive backfield. Yeah, it's going to be a really good group. I admittedly, um, if I had heard Stefan Hall's name before the last two weeks, I forgot about it. But apparently he's making a significant push uh, to – take that other starting position spot across from Javon McIntyre. Um, but yeah, they, they looked good in the spring game too. They were hitting um, Donovan McMillan got his nose in there, got his helmet popped up, popped off, um, got up excited, ran to the sidelines, but uh, they were hitting. They were all over, over the field. It was good. It was very good. It's exactly what you want to see when you have two NFL caliber guys, you know, going to the next level, leaving the program. Yeah, for sure. And then to flip to the other side of the ball, for me, um, that running back group, I think, can be really solid. Losing Israel Abanacanda is not easy to replace that production. But I think there's four guys who can be effective right away. And for me, any the, the stat line wasn't crazy for him. I think he ran for 27 yards in the spring game. But freshman TJ Harvison... I think he's going to be a real player. He looked explosive. He looked physical. He was running running through arm tackles, not going down on the first contact. I think he's going to be a guy for Pitt 
who's going to be really good, maybe if not this year down the line. Um, but I think he's a guy who can make an impact for them this year. And we know Rodney Hammond's going to be the guy. We know Sebo is going to get reps. Derek Davis Jr. looked looked the part on Saturday. So I think had that, a really strong touchdown. Yeah, that running back room has a chance to be really good, I think. And I'm excited to see how they use those guys. I think obviously Rodney Hammond is going to be the guy. He helps the kick return in a spring game, which I didn't think was possible. And he probably should have been called down at the 20, but <sighs> toss it on the highlight tape. Fun uh fun fact, I was typing in my notes for the episode. Um, I don't for the life of me understand why Rodney Hammond is returning kicks and got halfway through that sentence when he housed it. And I just went back and deleted it. <laughs> I, I was making a really good case too. He's, he's not a burner. Why risk injuring him? You have faster guys on the roster that are more expendable. Um, but then he did a touchdown. So shut up me. Have you guys seen Moneyball? Yes. The movie. Whenever the, Oakland A's lose Jason Giambi, their slugger who hit 40 homers a year. They didn't try to replace him with one player. They tried to find a couple guys that can add up to his production, and I think that's what this running back room could be. I love Rodney Hammond. I do not think he will have 20 touchdowns or nearly as many yards as he had. But with that stable of running backs, I feel like they can get pretty close. I'm a big SIBO supporter. I will be leading the SIBO Columbus uh, Sebo fan club. So I'm feeling pretty good about the running backs. Didn't Giambi do like a whole bunch of steroids? Allegedly. I would not be opposed to all of our running backs taking steroids. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, and think about it. Keep them healthy. I mean, if you, if you want a couple dudes that are going to look like Izzy might be the route but we are not advocating for that anyway. Uh, so you guys want offense and defense. I'm going to go the very important third side of the ball. I I really liked what I saw from Caleb Junko. There was a bombing punts. There was, yes, there was a, a four. There's a, currently a four man competition for punter, which is hilarious. It's um, turned into a two man though, right? Junko and your, Correct. Yes, because the um, 28-year-old Australian rules football player that we brought the entire way around the globe and put on scholarship isn't even being considered to kick this year. Um, so we are down to Junko and Yerk. And after a, a pretty abysmal first punt, um, which we noted on Twitter, uh, Junko just started uncorking them. Just absolute bombs. He hit one with his heels on the 30 that landed on the other end zone line. Um, and Chain Wabuko tried to return it despite being in the end zone, which eh, it's a spring game. Who cares? But yeah, he, he just kept hitting bombs. He averaged 50 yards a punt. That'll do. That is like literally all you can ask for. Yeah, I think uh, even if it's pretty close at the end of the day, like if, it, if we're coming down to the end of August and Narduzzi's like, man, these guys are neck and neck. I think you just give the nod to Junko because why not put put someone in the Junko family out there on the field every Saturday? And after his punt in the Sun Bowl, I was sold. Is If you can kick the ball, what was it, 84 yards? Whatever the longest punt in bowl history. Uh 
I think I think we can use you there. It would just be insanely funny if uh, Pitt had three scholarship punters, and I actually don't know if Cam Guess has one, but if Pitt had three scholarship punters and the job was won by the uh, the Nepo walk-on. Objectively funny. Objectively funny. And I mean, if he's going to keep hitting 80-yard bombs, it's also funny for another reason. Because everyone loves bombs. <laughs> Well, we're going into the offseason. Spring ball is over, and Pitt has three scholarships left. Anywhere you think they want to use them? I, I have one position group in mind. Oh, which one is that, group. Dylan? Punters. No. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think I think the receivers could, could use some juice. I, I don't know how great we feel. I think Bub Means still looks like the most athletic person I've ever seen. On he looked like Julio field. Jones on Saturday. <laughs> he looked pretty good. So I hope I hope he takes that next step. Um, you know we've heard we've heard he's having a good spring, but we heard the same thing last year. Um, Izzy Polk, the freshman, making an impact right away. Uh, he looks yeah. the part. But I, I Deuce, think... Deuce said he uh, looked the best of all freshmen on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and then Braylon Lovelace on the other side of the ball, yep. local guy from Leechburg. I think I think you want to go get another receiver, another threat. The fact that they're still trying to land transfers from the D2 level and moving Javante Royal from the defensive side of the ball to receiver makes me feel like they're trying to strike oil somewhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, get as many shots on goal as you can and hopefully you hit on one. I think that's probably a big part of the logic of taking as many receivers as they did in this, in this recruiting class. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the li- linebackers, Maybe not a lot of depth there, but maybe we have some guys step up or our top three guys are just warriors, iron men that stay on the field at all times. They definitely need another Tyler Wiltz, just like a a pretty savvy older dude that can be a depth piece because they have so many young guys that I think are going to be great. Lovelace, Bass, but um, it, you have your you have your starting three and then one depth guy in Brandon George and then quite a drop off to a bunch of true freshmen. So might be something they want to evaluate. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but we got our little taste of spring ball football and now we have four and a half months until anything real happens. So how do you guys feel? You'll hold yourself over. I mean, it's going to be bad. I'm going to freeze myself. Buckos in the pennant race? I'm just going to... I'm going to keep watching clips of the young defensive line wreaking havoc on Saturday. I love the um, screenshot. The screenshot that was put out. Just yeah. Elliot Donald, Nakai Johnson, Sean Fitzsimmons, and Okanlola. Yeah, I tried to pay attention to them uh, as best as I could. Obviously... I think when you go to a pit spring game, you just you want to watch the offense because there was a lot of new pieces and we're used to the defense being good. We just want to see if the offense can be different. But uh, it was impossible not to notice Sam Oak and Lola and Sean Fitzsimmons. They were everywhere. Fitzsimmons is going to be a problem. I actually had in my notes, Oak and Lola is, gonna, is a problem. So I, I think the whole defensive line is going to be a problem. I think Nakai Johnson was what voted most improved player mm-hmm. on the defense this spring. Um, Okanlola 
what is he? He's like 19. He might, he might be 20. Like he's a young dude, but he's, he's wiry. He's, he's freaky athlete. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the young blood. I know we've said this before, but you know, we've had those guys that last crop of D linemen, uh, played so much football here and they were so good and i'm so happy that they all played at Pitt. but mm-hmm. I, i'm very excited to see the fresh faces on the d-line yeah so i'll, I'll just keep uh re-watching the clips from that spring game of them wreaking havoc uh also we'll probably get pretty into gardening um a lot of yard work to be done this summer that's that's probably what i'll do to keep my mind off of it maybe travel a little Whatever you can do, man. Whatever you can do to burn the time. But I'll, one way one way you all listening can burn some time, just maybe a half hour or so until next football season, is we've got a great interview with Nellie Cummings, the point guard, the hometown hero, uh, coming up for you next. So stay tuned for that. It was a great one. We even have a special guest appearance from another member of the Cummings family, if you can guess who that is. So that's coming up next. So is it Brandon? Further, See, you ruined the surprise. Uh, I'm sorry. It might be. Might not be. I'll find out. Yeah. Well, that's coming up next after this ad. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably over the moon to partner with Homefield this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a pit fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome onto the show, hometown hero, and one of the engineers behind the revival of pit basketball, Nellie Cummings. Nellie, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you guys. Oh, no. Thank you for joining us. And and thank you again for making us care so much about pit basketball. It was such a refreshing feeling seeing the Pete hop in, you know, appointment viewing every game. And, and you were a, a big part of that. I appreciate that, man. That was the plan. So I'm glad we were able to execute that for sure. Now, for the people who aren't watching the video, uh, Nelly's actually in the legendary Midland gym right now. You can hear the squeaks in the background. What's going on down there right now, Nelly? Right now, my little brother's in here with my dad getting a really, really intense workout in right now. I just <laughs> left the workout, so you know, I'm glad I got a chance to take a break. Love to hear it. That's the future of pit basketball you know, That's over there on the court. That's the future right there, man. Looking better, looking good as ever. <laughs> so what's the biggest difference between your game and uh, his game? The biggest difference is definitely just the fact that he'll get down the lane and dunk on you. I'm not really trying to dunk on you. I might get a little finesse layup or something, but my brother's trying to dunk on you every single time. That's the biggest difference. I think we've seen a few Twitter clips of him getting way up there. Yeah, man. That's what he does. It's crazy. I won't jump with him, that's for sure. <laughs> 
I I can't imagine like none of us can. Well, actually, Dylan can dunk, but like I can't dunk. I, in, in, in my prime, in my prime. in your prime, in your prime, being able to dunk on your brother is like the biggest trump card ever. It has to be right. Like I'd never let my brothers live it down. My brother will never experience that. So. <laughs> When's the last time you two played one-on-one? It's probably been some years. I mean, really, when we work out, we try to just get better every day. I try not to give him too much competition. I don't want to hurt his feelings or anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know, iron sharpens iron, but he's he's never played in the NCAA tournament, so I imagine you have, uh, you know, a, a little little bit more guts than he does when it, when it comes to things going down the line. For sure. I've got that, that older brother advantage. You know how that is. So. Oh, yeah. Talk a little mm-hmm. talk to him, make him miss a couple shots. <laughs> Get a few benefit of the doubt on the foul calls, too. Yep. For sure. Little oh, brother's yeah. the referee. Every foul is my call. Mm-hmm. Little brothers never get the touch fouls. Never. We are uh, – we we definitely, you know, get the bad end of the home cooking. <laughs> Always. So your your brother um, – and, and we'll talk about – about Brandon, uh, he's the future of pit basketball. But we'd we'd love if we can take a, a pleasant little stroll down the past year and look in the past a little bit. Have you had the opportunity to kind of step back and you know soak up what a special season this past winter was? Yeah, man. I mean, in the when we were in the midst of the season, it was hard to really like capture what we were doing. But now that it's officially over and Highlight tapes are coming out and getting a chance to just sit around and watch some of the old clips. It's, it's really special what we did. Like, it's a special season. I think people in Pittsburgh will remember forever. Oh, I know we certainly will. For sure. Yeah, and you said uh, in the offseason when you committed to Pitt that your goal was bring winning back to Pitt. Um, what did that look like for you before the season? Was that taking them back to the tournament? Was that just being competitive in the ACC again? What, what was in your mind when you said, I want to bring it back to Pittsburgh? So what was in my mind, I had just come off an of NCAA tournament game. So most importantly, I wanted us to experience that. I wanted to get Pittsburgh back to the NCAA tournament because I knew how special that was and how much enjoyment, how much excitement that brought to everybody. And more importantly than that, just winning. I just wanted to win a lot of games. I, mean, I wanted to compete for a championship, be in position to, you know, playing big games and come March. I think we did that, and it was just so special just, just for all of us to experience that. Was there a point during the year or since you committed where you realized we might have a chance to be really good? I know as fans, we knew Nellie Cummings, but a lot of these other transfers coming in, we didn't know much about them. Was there a moment whenever you realized that this could be a special season? So I'll tell you like this. I mean, me personally, I'm a type of guy who likes to speak things up, speak things into existence. So when I first got here, I started believing that as soon as I really committed. Like, it didn't matter who we got. I felt like what I brought to the table and what what I was going to be able to do with these guys was going to be special no matter what. So I always believed that. But after we had a rough start to the season, I think the Northwestern game was the game for everybody to kind of click for us all. And we realized that all that stuff that we had spoke up and talked about, it was it could come true. I think that was the turning point for us. So what what was it about that Northwestern game that kind of galvanized you guys to say, oh, th- this is a legitimate basketball team and we can take this as far as we want? I think it was the style of play we had. I mean, that game in particular was one of the first games where we had got a little chippy and warm ups with other guys. We had said some things and it kind of allowed us to unite around each other and fight for each other. It was the first game that we really, really fought for each other. It wasn't about anything besides that. I mean, having – new transfers and new guys, it was going to be hard to adjust regardless. So a lot of those early losses was 
a product of that. But once we got to that Northwestern game, we really rallied around fighting for each other, and we kind of built our identity around that for the rest of the season. Yeah, you fought for each other, but that game wasn't much of a, a two-sided fight. You blew them out. Right, but they were a good team. I mean, for us yeah. to do that, to walk into their arena and blow them out, they had just came off of, I think, playing Auburn to the wire, I think, right before that game. They're a really good team. I mean, they showed out, showed out throughout the rest of the season, but that game, it kind of just – it all it clicked for us. Everybody was making shots. Everybody was excited for each other, and it was just one of those games. That's something we noticed early on. I know uh, the home opener wasn't a big crowd, but me and Dylan were there. We noticed all the guys getting – Hype on the, the bench. Uh, right. Blake and Greg were shooting arrows into the crowd. Uh, how fun <laughs> was it to play with this group? It seems like you brought a lot of energy. Man, that was the most fun season of basketball I've ever had in my life. Like, I played a lot of basketball games. I played on a lot of different teams. I've been a part of a lot of different programs. But this year at Pitt, the hometown, the excitement we played with, the joy that everybody in the stands always had, like, it was just a special, special time. Like, I'm actually very upset that the season's over. I want another year. <laughs> we'd love to have you for another year i love it too man we they're gonna they might need a, a three-point shooter on the team next year right. can we get you like a fake mustache and forge your birth certificate though. yeah yeah <laughs> so it's it's become pretty well known um that this team really gelled not only on the court but off the court and that was so paramount to the team's success uh, what do you attribute the team's closeness to? Like, how did you guys build that rapport with each other so quickly? I think it was the desperation we had, man. I think knowing the situation we were in, everybody knew it was at stake. Like, we all wanted to win really, really bad. And I think we all understood what was needed to happen. Like, all of us older guys, we've been a part of winning before. So we knew that if you don't have a team that really values each other, really cares for each other, really loves each other, it's going to show. And I think. On the flip side of that, if you really do love each other and you really care about each other and you put the time and effort in to make to building relationships, when the game gets close, you know, you have plays that go your way because that real genuine love thing that we had. Oh, come on in, man. We we've got a guest hopping in hopping into the show right now. This is, this is the first time ever. We've got Biba Cummings joining older brother Nelly. What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, getting this work in. Look good in that pit strip shirt. Yeah, you, you see like it? it? You see it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we heard your dad's uh, really pushing you today. How you feeling? Uh, I'm used to it. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> Biba, I wanted to ask you, I was actually going to ask Nelly this, but you're both here. I was going to ask, how much did Nelly have to sell you on coming to Pitt? Was it something that he was like telling you every day, like, oh, this is a great program, it's a great environment? Or did you just see what was going on and be like, yeah, I want to be a part of that? Um, I mean, it was kind of a mixture of both. Uh, you know, uh, my decision was really made on a lot of what Coach Capel told me. And, you know, he, he went out there and executed what he told me, uh, along with my brother uh, advocating the school and uh, wanting me to get there. So um, I, I'd say it's a little bit of both. Nelly, would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. I mean, I didn't have to do much selling. Uh, if you come to Pitt, you see the, the nice equipment we got, all the nice stuff we got. And when you when you get the Pete rocking like we got it rocking, I mean, what else? Why else wouldn't you want to come to Pitt, right? Yeah, I'm sure those packed Peterson Event Center visits had a big uh, impact on your decision. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. I, that energy was crazy in there. So what what kind of stuff has your brother told you about you know getting prepared to play in Jeff Capel's system? Like, have you guys sat down and done some X's and O's, or or is it just pretty general? 
Um, he's trying to uh, get me to become more of a point guard, uh, just, you know, making my reads, you know, the things I'm going to have to work on regardless. Uh, but most importantly, he just wants me to play with a whole bunch of heart and intensity. Uh, he just wants me to go out there and just lay it all on the floor because, you know, that'll always get you minutes wherever you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. He um he also told us that he has never tried to go up with you, with you driving the lane. Uh, how badly do you want to yam on your older brother? He knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Nelly, you can push him out of the out of the screen if you want after that one. <laughs> Get back to the workout, Viva. Uh, but now we appreciate your uh, feature here. But I th- you got to get back to work. Or yeah, I gotta get back to work. Well, we, we appreciate, appreciate you it. on. We'll get you on for your own episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, All right. And Nelly good. can crash that one too. For sure. <laughs> awesome. First time ever. First time ever. Yeah, right? first, first double feature. You got the Cummings boys here. First time Yeah, ever. the first family of pit basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the, the Capels would take too well to that, but yeah. Uh, they didn't play. No, they didn't. I mean, we have the Cummings brothers, the Capel brothers, the Diaz Grams. I think oh, we had yeah. a good thing going with the family we members. Brothers, we? Yeah, we kind of do. I didn't realize that. Maybe there's something to it. it pit is. basketball's a family. That's yeah, a family. It's a family affair, yeah. Family, man. <laughs> Print the shirts. Well, that, that's a pretty good transition to a question we had written down. Just simply, what was your first impression of the twins? So when they had first got here, honestly, I couldn't tell them apart. It took me a long time. We couldn't I mean, either. It was so hard. Like, I was calling the wrong name every other day. It was tough. But, I mean, as far as basketball players go, they're super athletic, super skilled, super smart players. And just as people, they're even better people than they are basketball players, man. Like, they – they can brighten up a whole room just when they walk in. Obviously, they're seven foot, so you got to pay attention to them. But uh, their smile, man, they're, it's contagious. Their energy's contagious. And I'm just, I'm glad I know those guys, man. Yeah, we're also glad that you know them because they came in very clutch uh, in March. Uh, that bounce pass dunk, man. That was so cool. It was. I couldn't Ooh. contain my emotions when that happened. I just lost it. Did you? Did you get to? What was the? Was Kevin Harlan on the call? Who who was it? Did you hear the call that they made on that? The old brother. That was sweet. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was great. Do you do you ever get to like go back and watch any of the tournament games and see like the the huge production that's yeah, made of them? I do. Once the season ended, I gave myself like a week where I literally didn't even like basketball because we had just lost, and I just really <laughs> didn't want to. I didn't want to see a basketball, look at a basketball, or anything, but. After that, I got a chance to really go back and see what we did and watch the games, hear the calls, see the emotions. I Now I, I, I'm so upset that the season's over. I'll go back and watch games and watch fans' reactions. I just, want, I just want to be a part of it so bad again. I miss playing. So it was such a fun season. I, I definitely go back and watch a lot of games, though. I mean, it happened so fast. I'm sure it was hard for you to soak it all in. You had a first four game that came down to a, a last-second shot. Uh, you were up 20 in the first – five six minutes in the first real round uh, mm-hmm. how crazy was march it was crazy there was so much that happened in march like obviously crazy it, but oh man when it called madness for a reason march yeah. madness that's what it was when when it all ended i didn't realize how much time had passed i didn't know what day it was i was just going through it i'm like what's today we lost like what happened do we play again i didn't even know so like it happened so fast man it was so much emotions and it was like a roller coaster too because Certain emotion, like I've never felt a 
heart drop like that March the uh, first four shot when he had the last shot for the buzzer. I've never felt my heart drop more in my entire life. And then we won. I didn't even know how to celebrate. I had thought we lost already. I'm like, oh my god, he has a lot of we shot. And then we go and we we, we beat Iowa State in a. We kind of blew them out, and just that – it felt so good to get that win. I had never won a game in March Madness, so it just meant so much to us, our, our program, the team, the organization, everybody, man. It, as soon as it ended, everybody was just like, oh, wow, it's really over. We'll never play for Pitt again. And it just – it sucked, man. It really did suck how it ended so fast. How did you guys handle that as, as a team uh, in the locker room? Like, obviously, March is tough because – you got to do all this media, all the press conference. You guys got to go to the podium. But was there a chance where you guys were able to sit together uh, during that trip, maybe on the ride home, and just really maybe reminisce a little bit? Honestly, that first day when we lost, it wasn't a lot of reminiscing. It was more crying. We were all just really upset. Like It was like, oh, man, like hugging each other, realizing we will never play again together. Like, unless our pro careers run into each other at some point, like we may never play on the same court again. So like it, it hurt. It, that day it was a lot of emotions, but by the time we had got back, we all kind of linked up, spent some time together, watched a couple of the games, and just had some fun. And that kind of felt good to do that for sure. Yeah, because I'll tell you, even as fans, I mean, obviously, we're not nearly as emotionally, physically, mentally invested as you guys, all the hours you put in. But, like, we watched this team all year, and I think everyone in the pit community really, I mean, felt this way about this team. It's like, we, we felt like we were a part of it because of how much you guys played together and how much it meant for Pitt basketball to be mm-hmm. back. And I think for us, like watching the, that last game, watching the final buzzer go off and like knowing the season was over, I know for me and a lot of the guys like we were watching the game with, we were just kind of sat there and like, you know what, we just got we just got to appreciate what this season was. Because yeah. I know for you guys, like it's hard to do that in the moment. But for us, it was like these guys gave us something that Pittsburgh hasn't had in a long time. Right. So, we yeah, man, that, we, man. Yeah, like we appreciate you guys. And I know it sounds corny on here on this on this podcast where we're joking around. But, um, man, like pit basketball means so much to so many people in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, you guys, you guys sh- should be very proud of yourselves. I know you are, but you, should, yeah, you definitely deserve thank that. Thank you, man. We definitely put on for the city, man. It was fun. I imagine it was pretty rewarding watching the Pete get a little bit more packed every single game, you know, twice a week. How much mind do you guys pay to that as players? I, I imagine, you know, there's a symbiotic relationship. You feed into it. It feeds into you. We got a story for you. So first game of the season, me and Greg. So me and Greg, I was like really my best friend on the team. We spent a lot of the time together. And we at Pitt, you know, we have the brick by brick principle. We always talk about with Coach Capel. So we kind of thought of it as laying bricks, laying the foundation. Our first game, like you guys said, it wasn't a lot of people there. So me and Greg, we used to always hold each other before the game. We used to talk about it like this is our first brick we got to lay. Let's go win this game, lay the foundation. It's going to it's gonna get better. And then slowly by slowly, we kept laying bricks. And I think it was just so surreal and special for senior night to, to go out the way it went. That, that Syracuse crowd was so electric. Like, it was so magical. Fish scored. Everybody got a chance to do what they wanted to do. Like, it just was like we had built our bricks and we had had our house at the end. That's what we said at the end. Like, we built our bricks and we left our house here. Like, we did this. It felt so good, man. Like, that was – it was surreal. Like, to see the Pete literally just brick by brick by brick into the last game, it just all comes together like that. You couldn't write it up any better if it was a movie. I mean, from the start of the season, you gave us some hope, and then by a senior day – there wasn't an empty seat in the house. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, and 
all the credit to you guys. You you really built the house. I I love that metaphor, by the way. That that one's gonna get some some play yeah. with us. Um, the the only issue, you know, with with this season ending, other than it's over and all we have is the memories. But now I'm getting sentimental. Uh, <laughs> the the issue with this team is is that so many of the transfers were in their final year of eligibility, and and it feels a little bit like we are starting over fresh next year how do you think the program is going to be able to maintain this momentum you guys have created um without many of the important pieces that were a part of it yeah that's a great question i think hitting towards what i just talked about with the building the house i think that was our job was to build this house up so now when kids and transfers come in they have a home and they have a, a style they have a way to play something that wins here in pittsburgh like Everybody knows now when you come to Pitt, if you play tough, you play together, you play hard, you can get to the tournament and make some noise. That can happen. Like before we got here, there wasn't really a mold. We didn't know how, how really to play it because before us, there was nobody who really did it. And obviously for some years. So I think going forward, because it just happened, guys have something to play towards. They know that there's a style that works here in Pittsburgh. You can get these, these fans behind you if you play tough. So I think. We're in great hands. I mean, the coaches, they have been great coaches all along. They've had some bad situations. And I think this year kind of showed that what they can do with a, a group of te- a group of players that really like each other, really value winning and want to win at a high level. Because if you want to do that, Pittsburgh is a place to be. And I think a lot of guys are going to see that and know that now. Oof, chills. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Has your, you know, your brother's part of that future. Has he gotten the opportunity to uh, to hang out with some of the guys you know, through you that are already on the team and that are coming back and build a rapport, maybe play a little? Yep, we definitely had some opportunities to do that. I mean, we've had some workouts. Me and my brother work out all the time. So if the twins are somewhere in the gym, we might come do a couple ball screens or something like that, something slight, just so, you know, we can get used to them because that's the, that's the future right there, man. In a couple of years, those, those twins, they're going to be the real deal. My brother's going to be here. He's going to be the real deal. It's going to be fun. That if your if your brother could develop a really nice pick and roll with the twins before even really setting foot on campus, I, I don't think anything could ever excite me more. <laughs> the ACC is not ready for that. I can promise you. No. Not. So Nelly, you 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 are graduating. What is next for you? What is next for your your career, both personally and professionally? Yeah. So. Upon graduation, I actually just signed with my agency yesterday. So Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I got that step out of the way. That was the next step. So now they're pursuing opportunities for me professionally while I train as hard as I can and stay ready for whatever opportunity comes around. But I should be getting some NBA workouts this summer, hopefully get into the summer league and try to get my foot in the door with the NBA team and show them what I could bring to their program. That'd be a little bit cool, professional basketball. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a fun life. I mean, I don't know how much longer I'll play, probably 10, 10 years, I could say. So I'm going to try to make as much money as I can while I'm playing and have some fun. And hopefully I can have another brotherhood like Pitt. I probably won't get it, but can try, right? Have you uh, considered getting into coaching after your playing career? You seem to really have the demeanor and the, the mindset for it. Yeah, I think about it a lot. I'm not 100% sure I'm sold on it yet because I know – it's probably a hard job. Obviously, the timing doesn't change. Like, it's the same time that I'm used to now. So, like, I don't know if I'm going to want to stay in basketball after I'm done playing. In 10 more years, I don't know. I might be burnt out with basketball. But we'll see if I do want to coach. 
hopefully Pitt would love to have me back because I would love <laughs> nothing more than that to come home and coach. That would be nice. They'd be wise to give you an offer, Nelly. They I would. Think, be, right? uh, That's what I would say too. We, we, what do we know, though? Right. We let Brandon Knight get away. We cannot let Nelly Cummings get away. Yeah. Maybe get us both back at the same time. You never know. Now, now, don't you get me too excited, <laughs> Nelly? This has been great. Um, but before we let you go, we we have a little segment that we like to do with all of our basketball guests. It's called. Full court press. We're going to ask you some rapid fire questions, and you can give us some rapid fire answers. Or if you have a story, we love a good story. Um, really, just at your pace. But uh, we're ready to go if you are. Let's do it. Can't speed up a point guard, so can't speed me up. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. We can we can try if we want, but it's not going to work. Uh, so having said that, the first question is, uh, and this is probably a tough one with this one, this year's squad. Um, who is your funniest former teammate? Funniest former teammate goes to Blake Henson. That guy, that's my guy, man. He's crazy. I love him to death. He's crazy. Favorite spot in Oakland? To eat? Whatever, whatever you want to do there. <laughs> Favorite Leave it spot up. in Oakland to eat? I'll go with uh, the chicken restaurant. You get you get the uh, the spiciest? No, I can't. I tried it one time. Never again. <laughs> Mouth was hurting for like three days. Never again. I think they even have a crazy name for it. Is it called like insanely hot? I think it's or... called like something Reaper. I think. Yeah, I, no. I didn't like it. <laughs> I drank hot sauce on the show last week. I'm not going oh, there. If you and your brother played one on one right now, what would the final score be? Ten ten. No overtime? You guys going to fight before it gets to 11? Yeah, we probably fight at, at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Flagrant fouls both ways the rest yep. of the way. <laughs> Turn into a boxing match. What is the craziest thing you've seen Nike do in practice? We've all seen the athleticism. Oh, man. The craziest thing I've seen Nike do was he went baseline on somebody. and He jumped so high that he didn't dunk it. He scared him and laid it up. But if you would have seen it, it just looks so, – it was our walk-on base in Stevenson. It was pretty, pretty – it could have been really, really bad. But because he spared him, it just looked so crazy. That was probably the craziest thing I've seen him do. We, quick aside, we heard a rumor that if he jumps at the NBA Combine, he could break the Combine record for vertical. I would believe that. I don't know what the record is, but I'm guessing Nike's 43-44 easy. I think it's not far from that because I, I think we heard like 47 and that that would be the record, but we we did not do our own due diligence. We just wanted to believe it was true. I believe it. So I'm taking Nike. In, jump in. I'm taking Nike against anybody in the country. I think we might have heard that from Fish, and Fish might have been hyping him up a few inches. You so. know how Fish is. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's winning the NBA Finals this year? Give me the Bucks. Rolling with Giannis. Yeah, I'm rolling with right. Last question, probably the toughest, but we're going to hold you to one answer here. What was your favorite moment of the season? It can be personally or it can be as a whole team. Take your pick. I'm going to give you all two for this. I have to give you two. Okay. Well, you so senior night as a, as a game, as far as everything that the senior night meant, that was my favorite moment, period. I've, probably my favorite moment in basketball, period, just because how everything happened. But my personal favorite was – the North Carolina three threes in a row. That was my, my personal yeah. favorite moment I had. That's the most we like alive. that too. Yeah, that's the most alive I've felt in a long time. I really I was fully there. 
I can almost remember the things I said. Obviously, I can't share those. Baby. <laughs> I, was, I was literally going to say, I bet you were talking crazy. Woo! <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, did you hear what the announcer said right before your first three? I did. Yeah. I think you said the game's about to get away from Pitt. about to get away. No, it's not. No, he, he heard him from the baseline on, on the mic. He's like, I don't think so. That was an all-time mush. That was wow, great. that was that was a great moment. I was losing my mind. You Ooh. you couldn't have missed if you tried. I couldn't have. But what's crazy is a lot of people don't know this. After I hit the third three, I started cramping up with my calf muscle. I was talking so crazy, I didn't really feel it until I got, got the ball. And then I'm like, oh, I'm cramping. I can't even really jump. That's why I threw the pass next play. It worked out perfectly, though. Without that cramp, were you pulling up from the logo oh, yeah. next possession? I, was Blake Henson range. I don't know where I was going to shoot it from, but I was definitely shooting it, though, for sure. Blake Henson range. Yeah, Squid. Ooh. I don't know if I could do that. Blake scares me some of his shots. <laughs> scares all of us. <laughs> poor, yeah, poor, coach, poor Coach Capel. He's, he's going to have a heart attack over there one of these yeah. How many times has Capel given one of these when he saw Blake Henson winding up in a game or – in practice, and Blake nailed it. The, the one I vividly, vividly remember is the, the March Madness game against uh, Mississippi State. That yes. one, oh, I didn't know what he was doing. I'm like, Blake, but he made it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, there was like 16 man. seconds of the shot clock and like, just casually. <laughs> I was so scared when he took that shot. And it was high stakes, but really, though, know, when Blake releases the ball, I kind of always think it's going in, though. As soon as it leaves his hand, I'm like, that might go in every single time. Yeah, I mean, you you remember the the season finale against Miami? He yeah. he put that shot up off balance, like one handed. When it left his hand, I said, "Holy shit, this is actually going to go in." He's about to go in. What's crazy is I don't know if you guys noticed about Blake. Every time we go to a shoot around, no matter where we're at, any city we touch down in, as soon as he grabs the ball. He's the first person to shoot from half court every time. He's made way more than he should have made. Like, way more than he should have made. He just walks in the gym with a book bag on to talk to coach and just flick it up there, and he makes it, like, at least half the times he shoots it, and it's crazy. So that's literally in the gym range. All the time. In the gym range. As soon as he gets in. It's crazy. We have we have some little birds that, uh you know, feed us some secrets. They've been playing pickup on the blacktops of uh, – Oakland, and they say Blake shows up, goes about 50%, but just rips from 40 feet and doesn't miss. Of course. That's that's the pickup basketball superpower. You don't, have to, you don't have to run. You don't have to play defense. You just rip from 40, and no one can cover you. Right. Awesome. Well, was that, was that all that we had for uh... – That's it. I think we, we've, we've taken enough time, and yeah. this, this was – I mean, this was one of the best interviews we've done. Uh, I mean, bringing in your brother. I, I know you two planned that. I knew you had that coming. <laughs> so, uh, But no, nah, man, really, this was this was great uh, for us. Three guys who grew up watching pit basketball. You're a guy who grew up watching pit, man. It was cool to chop it up and, uh, you know, talk to someone who was a part of what is just a special run. And once again, we thank you for coming on, but we thank you for everything you've done for the program. My guy, I appreciate all you guys, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on, and hey, if y'all ever want to do it again, let me know. Oh, we'll take you up on that for sure. Yeah, let's do it, man. Hey, we love our pit men. After that first guy, NBA man. Summer League game, after yep. that first NBA yeah. Summer League game, yeah, we'll have you it. in here. Let's do You'll it. hit four threes in a row. Four threes, and I'm hop on the phone with us. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what I said after these ones. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck with your training and uh, hell to pit. Hell to pit, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nelly. Hell to pit. Thank you to Nelly Cummings for taking time out of his day to come talk to the Loyal Sons. And thank you for Brandon Cummings take time out of his workout to come answer a couple questions. Hoping to have him with his own full episode soon. Uh, but before we go, we've got some final thoughts for you as we head into the week. Uh, my my final thought is Pitt got a transfer in basketball. Zach Austin from High Point averaged 14 points, five rebounds a game last year at High Point. A high-flying, super-athletic wing, stands about 6'7". If you haven't watched his highlights, go look him up. Goes and dunks on people, dunks all in their grill. And shot about 33% from three last year. So adds a little shooting on the wing. Definitely a piece that Pitt needed, an athletic wing. Guy who can shoot a little bit, a guy who can attack the rim. So super excited about that. It seemed like he was a guy they prioritized in the portal as soon as he entered. Um, got him on campus for a visit, and he committed. So that's a, that's a big win early in the process for Jeff Capel and the staff. So uh, what else do you think they're looking for now that they have possibly the top priority for the portal crossed off. I think they're definitely looking to add a veteran guard. You know, we have Dior Johnson who hasn't played any college basketball. We've got Jalen Lowe who hasn't played any college basketball. Um, We've got these guys who, you know, are talented, super highly rated guys. But if you watch March Madness, there's not many teams making deep runs with freshman guards in the backcourt. So I think they're going to want to add some vets there, uh, replace, you know, a lot of production from Nellie Cummings, Jamarius Burton, Nike Sabandi. So I think adding a veteran guard is is the number one priority right now. And then probably going to want to add some beef down low. Uh, we saw the Diaz-Graham twins and Federico, you know, really came on as the year went on. I think all three of them are going to be a big part of what they do next year. But I, I wouldn't mind just having a guy who's like 6'8", 250 down there to toss we his need a fatty. Around. Yeah, just a big, a big old fat guy. Someone who will go in and mix it up with the with the bigger big men in the ACC, like when Give Baycock four and a half a fouls a game. You get five of them. Use all five, even if you play twelve minutes. I think that's maybe a maybe a tough pitch for someone who might only have a year left of college basketball. Like, hey, you might only come here and play ten minutes, and we need you to do all the dirty work. Uh, but I trust that there's a guy out there who's willing to do that, who wants to play in the ACC for his last go around. So uh, I trust the staff will get it done. Yeah, yeah, it's been been following it obviously more this year than we have in the past, but uh, but it, it seems like some good prospects are gravitating towards Pitt, which is a lovely change of pace, um, which I, I guess happened last year. That's how we got to this point. Anyway, uh, my final thought is a little bit less pleasant. We are getting fucked by the repark. Oh, dude, we're going to be tailgating on the HOV lane. So if you aren't aware, um, Pitt, can someone explain this better than me? I, I'm not I'm not the big parking guy, but. The parking has adjusted this year. We're losing some parking space because I think they're making one of the lots a garage. or They're doing construction in one of the lots, so we're losing a bunch of spots. So basically, it's all based on your Panther Club points or priority points. Basically, how much money you've donated in the past. Exactly. And, and us being fairly recent graduates don't have a ton of points uh so yeah we're our, our tailgate lot might might just be toast yeah so um you you get 
to pick based on essentially how much money uh, you've donated to the school or how long you've been a season ticket holder. And the draft is like this week's long process. Um, and so as we speak, the numbers in our beloved gold lot 1B are dwindling. And I think the first of us uh, that we the first person that we tailgate to pick is still days away. So uh, listen, I get it. You need to prioritize the people that give you money. Um, but from a tailgating and, and game day atmosphere perspective, I I don't love it because Pitt is trying so hard to create a more stereotypical college game day environment, um, packing the Panther pit, tailgates, events, everything. And so giving the primo lots to all like the 68-year-old fans that show up to noon games at 11:59 and walk directly in. Uh I don't love that um because and it's not like an easy fix. I I get it. Right. We're bitch we're we're bitching about it because we it want to be directly there. impacts us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I I get that and I I can't even criticize Pitt for doing it. This is just definitely going to be an unintended consequence. Um you know, we we really wanted to do a lot of you know, throw even bigger tailgates. And we actually had some, we have some pretty exciting stuff in the works that we can't wait to announce to you guys, but cannot yet. Um, wink, wink, eyebrows, eyebrows. Uh, but it's just going to be a little bit harder if we are on the other fucking side of PNC Park, which we are probably going to be. Like, more than likely going to be. Just fingers crossed. Prayers that we can just get the whenever our first day is and snag one of those passes. And then this can all be forgotten. Yeah, let's hope so. Cause if not, we're going to have to, we're going to need some loyal sons to step up on a weekly basis and, and let us buy passes off of them. Please. We'll give you money. We'll give you an update on Sunday. We get the passes this week, so we'll let you know where we're at. Uh, or Monday. Whenever the episode after this one drops. Squid, final thoughts? We have exciting news. We were asked to be a part of a preseason college football poll. We took it very seriously. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday, it should be out now. At PodPoll. Reached out to over 100 college football podcasters across the country, high and low, ACC, SEC, Pac-12. Ranging from hundreds it. of thousands of followers to us. So we were honored to get a vote, and we know this is a big deal, so we took it very seriously. We know there's a stepping stone to our eventual associated press vote. We're getting there. But for now, we were left with this podcaster poll. It'll be very interesting to see how people who follow the sport very closely um, with their own biases, I'm sure, but not us vote. I know the AP poll, you can pencil in the same teams every year, whether they suck or not. Prior years, oh yeah, Miami, they'll be 24 because they had a good recruiting class they're Miami. We won't do that. We are objective. We crunch the numbers. We're professionals. Yeah, so there'll be some fun dynamics to look at, like which fan bases are the most biased. It won't be us. No. Uh, who is the most favorable towards certain teams? 
it's like who's gonna rank Pitt the highest? Probably won't be us. No. Probably a lot of people out there that love Pitt. But yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll tweet it out. It'll be once again at Pod Poll. Great idea. Happy to be a part of it. We just ran through it. Uh, we won't spoil it. You gotta go to Twitter and see it. It's it's beautiful. I'm just happy that someone's finally giving podcasters a voice. We are we are the true lifeblood of college football. Honestly of media and society in general. And it's just so nice that we're finally being given, uh, you know, a seat at the table. And we've been bitching about rankings for so long. And now we finally get to be a part of the solution. It's really excited about it. Our poll will be better than Brett McMurphy's. I can assure you that. When McMurphy I've not seen puts... his, but he'll have A&M at two. I was going to say McMurphy is absolutely going to have like A&M and Miami in the mid-teens. Death taxes. I I know this isn't like a get pre-mad about poll segment, but I did some research before we got together and uh, and did our poll, and the number of polls that ha- refuse to learn their lesson and still have Texas A and M at like seventeen, while also acknowledging like, yeah, they lost um, over a dozen blue chip players to the portal this off season from their um, five and seven after a five and seven season. Um, But there's just so much talent on that roster, man. They can't not be good again. Fool me one time. Shame on you. Fool Fool me. me. Can't get fooled again. Couldn't have said it better myself, but yeah. So we're excited about that. It'll be a fun, fun little exercise we have. And I will say our first time running through it, I was like, dang, this is a little harder than I thought it was. But, you know, we'll, we'll get better. It's our first one. I'm sure people will complain. People will be upset with us, but that ain't nothing new. So, Bring it on. Well, fellas, this was fun. Uh, we've got a long, long time till football season. So let's figure out how to how to make our episodes exciting, make our lives exciting until September. But... We'll be back here next week. And as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. And that's going to do it here for the loyal Sons show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David and squid are signing off until next time. Panther fans H2P.